While the offering basket's coming around, I want to tell you a little bit about what's happening this morning. We are so excited uh, to celebrate what God has done in 2023. It is Victory Sunday, and we have a lot of victories. And so we want to celebrate those in the way kind of the Grace family has celebrated those, and that is through the next generation, through neighborhoods, and through the nations. We believe God's called us to disciple in those three areas, and so we're going to highlight those now. And so when a point comes up on the screen, we'd love for you to applaud. And again, this is not, again, what we have done, but this is what God has done. And so when we applaud, we're thanking God for what he has done. And so I'm going to start with the next generation. uh, But before I do that, I'm going to pray. And if you need to pass around the offering basket because it's still going around, you can open your eyes. That is okay (laughs) at church. Just so you know, you can have your eyes open uh, when you pray. Uh, So let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your grace and your goodness. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, that you're stirring up so many things in our hearts. And Lord, we just want to say thank you. We want to say thank you for connecting to us. We want to say thank you for choosing us. We want to say thank you for seeing us. We want to say thank you for being so faithful to us, even if we feel like maybe we've been faithless uh, with 2023. And Lord, we believe that you're going to use these things in 2023 as seeds to begin planting a harvest in 2024. That's what we believe. We're believing for the harvest is still plentiful. We believe that there is still fruit on the other side of this new year. We believe that there have been some things that have happened in 2023 that we were hoping for, but maybe they haven't been attained yet. We believe that 2024, you're going to continue a good work, and you are going to help us see it through to completion. Maybe in 2024, maybe in the years to come, but we will see that you are turning all things for good and for your glory. And so, Lord, we just want to say thank you for what you have done. We are so thankful for what you're also going to do in 2024. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to start with the next generation. And so we've got some amazing uh, highlights for you. And as they come up on the screen, if you could just applaud for the Lord after I read them so you can actually hear what what it is. And so uh, here we go. First thing for the next generation, the first highlight that we want to hit on is that we had 12 child dedications in 2023. Come on. Woo! We end up having two times where we had child dedications, and if you were part of that, it's amazing to see uh, these little babies over here uh, come up to the front, and we got to announce them and talk about how not only the family is going to raise them in faith, but we corporately are going to join those families and actually help raise them in faith as well. So we have those 12 child dedications. Next thing is we had 14 student baptisms. So we had 14 next generation baptisms. Both kids and students, so little ones all the way up through high school, we had 14 baptisms. And I, I don't know if you were here for that one service, but we had like nine in one, <laughs> one service. It was kind of crazy. Uh, and so uh, we believe uh, that we want to celebrate new life in Christ as a symbol by doing baptism uh, and saying, hey, death, you know, death, get rid of the old way. Now let's get into the new life that is found in Christ. And so we celebrated baptisms in 2023, 14 of them. And here's the crazy thing. We have more to come. We had people that were like, hey, we want to be there and we want to make it. And so they weren't able to make their schedule work, but they're like, hey, sign me up for the next one. Sign me up for the next one. So we know that we're going to have more baptisms in the future. All right, what else do we have? Here we go. We had 33 high school students being discipled. They're still being discipled right now. 
uh, what, what's cool about that is when I got here, which is uh, probably a, a year and a half ago-ish, um, there were seven in middle school and high school combined. There were seven. Uh, and so to have 33, and not only just 33 high school students, but 33 high school students being discipled. I remember Buddy Hoffman, our, our founding pastor, when I was a student pastor over at Grace Snellville with him, uh, he came in and there was, a, there was a lot of kids in the room. I was like, man, look at all these kids. And he looked at me and he said, but how many of those are being discipled? And that was a trigger for me to say, wait a minute, that's what counts. Not only just do we just get a bunch of people in a room, but how many people are being discipled in Christ? And so we've got 33 high school students being discipled on a Tuesday night. And by the way, that starts back next week for all you high school students. Starts back next Tuesday night. I'm sorry, this week. Yes, thank you, Anna. This week, sorry. Uh, I'm in a fog after being off. But yes, this Tuesday, yes, we've got high school uh, D groups starting back up. All right, what else do we have? Next, we have 85 people uh, at our midweek gathering. So that's our next generation midweek gathering. Yes. That's, again, little ones all the way through middle school. We have 85, and then we have high school students discipling those middle school students, which is just amazing. Uh, some of y'all might hear that and be like, wow, that sounds messy. Uh, yeah, it can be, but it's also very meaningful to see the next generation disciple the next generation. And so it's awesome that we started a new midweek gathering last year in 2023, and we had 85 people being a part of that, and we're going to continue that this Wednesday. This Wednesday, we've got midweek starting back up uh, at 5. You want people to come at 5? 5.30. 5.30. Well, I, I was hoping you'd finish. Yeah, 5.30 is when midweek will be starting back up uh, this Wednesday. So uh, hopefully you can be a part of that if you've got a middle school student or uh, a kid fifth grade and under. All right. Next thing is this, and this is a big one. We had 107 volunteers leading the next generation. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for answering that. Yes. We got a ton of kids downstairs every Sunday. If you've been down there, you've seen that we've got a ton of kids down there. We've got some kids that meet over in the student room. We have midweek happening. There's a lot of things happening, and we have 107 uh, what we call leaders here discipling the next generation. And so we just want to say thank you for that. That was something we prayed for again at the beginning of 2023. It's like, we need more, we, we need more volunteers. You heard us up here several times saying, we need more volunteers, we need more volunteers. And so thank you for answering that and stepping up uh, for uh, discipling the next generation. The question I have before we get to this interview that we've got uh, for the next generation is where does this come from? Why, why do we do this? Why do we emphasize next generation? Uh, and what is our response to what God has done? I'm just going to read this verse, and then I'm going to have these two come up. Uh, Psalm 78, 4 through 7 says this. It says that we will not hide these truths from our children, but we will tell the coming generation that the glory of the glorious deeds of the Lord and of his might and the wonders that he has done. He has established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children that the next generation might know them and the children yet unborn, and that they will arise, even the next generation, thinking a few generations away, that they then will arise and tell them to their children, so that, here's the thing, here's why we do this, so that they can have their hope set in God, not anywhere else, but in God, and that they would not forget the glorious deeds of God, and that they would keep his commandments." And so that's what we do. That's why we're emphasizing next generation is we want them to know God and the things that he does and see his glorious works. But we even believe, as messy as it is, it's so meaningful to have the next generation tell the next generation about what God has done. And we have a story this morning to capture that. And so uh, what I would love to do is welcome up, if you could give them a round of applause, Ryan and Hannah Deal. They're going to come up and we're only going to have a question for them to kind of capture this, take a seat. <clears throat> Welcome. Y'all feeling good? 
Thank y'all for sharing so that I could get a break. My voice is going after all of this talking. Uh, And so thanks for being up here to share not only that, but it's amazing to hear what God has done in y'all's life. And so uh, first, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us, I already said your name, kind of spoiler alert, but tell us your name, what grade you're in, and where you go to school. Oh, sorry, that's, that's me, not you. There we go. My name is Ryan. I'm in uh, 10th grade. I go to Wheeler High School. Nice. My name is Anna, and I go to East Cobb Middle, and I'm in 6th grade. Nice. And y'all are brother and sister. Okay, great, perfect, love it. Uh, and I want to hear, just first off, how did y'all come to Grace? Y'all came to Grace in 2023. Uh, how did y'all come to Grace? We'll start with you. Grace through Grant. I played football at Wheeler, and he would come to a lot of the practices, and um, we we talked a lot about church and God, and I had uh, never been to a church before Grace, but I was never really inspired to actually uh, come to service on Sunday uh, before Allie Simmons introduced it to me uh, through the weekend, and she uh, she motivated me to go on the weekend, go on, (laughs) to uh, go on the weekend retreat, and um, uh, the weekend retreat really opened my eyes as to what God has done in my life and what he can do in my life, so uh, that really inspired me to, to come to Grace. my brother going for the weekend, and I wanted to go, but I wanted to see if he liked it first. (laughs) So after he came and he had a really good time, and he asked me if he wanted to go to church, if I wanted to go to church with him, I was really excited too, and that's how I first came. Yeah, it's, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, you're hearing about the weekend through Allie Simmons. Can you share that part of the story? So I think it was a few weeks after uh, school started, and it was, I think, the weekend before the weekend. It was like the last day. It was the last day that you could uh, sign up for it, and I was, like, bored out of my mind, so I just went down to my... uh, my neighborhood pool just to go hang out and um Allie Simmons was uh lifeguarding and there was like really nobody else there so we just um we talked for a little bit and uh we got on the topic of church and I expressed some interest in wanting to uh, start coming to service on Sunday and she said a great start would be uh, going to the weekend and I signed up and it was one of the some of the most fun I've ever had over that trip. Yeah, so that that trip was in September, so they've been coming to Grace for just four months, and it's amazing when I get to hear that story, I I laughed, I was like, man, how often do I just get bored, and I just go do something random, and God shows up? It's like, oh man, you know, like when you just put on this football game, I don't even care about it, but I'm just going to turn it on, and just all of a sudden, God shows up uh, in those meetings, and so you're at the pool, you went because you're bored, and God shows up, and uh, Allie Simmons, if you know who that is, she leads worship for us up here some. She's a high school student, uh, and so she leads in just a variety of ways, and so uh, that's amazing, and it's smart for you to make sure he checks it out first. I appreciate you sending your brother to check out church before you go. Very, very wise of you. Um, tell me, uh, besides, you, you shared a little bit about Allie and Grant. Maybe, how about you, because you already shared this. Tell me some more people who have impacted you on your walk uh, with, with God here at Grace. Well, one person who really helped me was Olivia Miss Corsi, and she was my first friend at Grace, and she really helped me get to know everyone else. And then Mr. Daniel who really encouraged me with my journey and helped me get to know God better. I love it. I love it. It's amazing. So, and how old is, how old is Olivia McCarthy? What grade is she in? She's 
In sixth grade. She's in well. sixth grade. Yeah. It, it's just amazing to hear a high school student impacting another high school student, a middle school student impacting another middle school student. Um, and yes, you get to hear about Grant and Daniel kind of shepherding these two as well. But it's awesome how God puts things on the next generation's heart to lead the next generation. I mean, it's straight out of scripture. Uh, and so it's awesome to be able to see that here in, in 2023. Um, my next question is this. Um, how has your relationship with God, we talked about this in the passage, that there's God's glorious deeds and that they would tell of his glorious deeds. And so I want to give them an opportunity to talk about how God's been working in their life. And so this question is, how has your relationship with God been different since your time here at Grace? My relationship with God took a very drastic jump after uh, I came back from the weekend. I came back to school, and uh, it was like every single one of my, like, just daily routine situations, I could just see from a different perspective. And um, we studied a lot of scripture over the weekend retreat, and I could kind of see the, the scripture, like, applied to my everyday life, and I could see um, just kind of the positives in situations that I kind of just discounted as normal. And it made me so much more thankful and so much more, uh, I guess, just so much more inspired to continue on my journey with God. But um, I kept going to service on Sunday and uh my my journey with God kind of slowed down a little bit, but I kept uh, studying scripture and praying and uh, worshiping God, and it just, uh, I guess, looking at where I was in September and looking at where I am now, it's like, it's like I'm a whole different person, so. Amen. Amen. Um, my relationship with God has really changed because before I used to think of God as just someone who just answered my prayers. But now after Fallout, which was a retreat I went on, um, my mindset has changed. And now I come to God because of him and his person. And now... I know God better, and he really helps me in my everyday life with just normal school and just with my friends and making me a better person. It's awesome. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they, they, they have emphasized, like we, we've talked to them a couple of different times, and the, the amazing thing is they emphasized a few things that it took me 20-something years to figure out, and I'm still figuring out. Uh, as well as I've been around church circles for a while, and there's people that still don't realize that this can be a reality for them. And they've been coming to Sundays all the time, uh, to, to church all the time. And it's these two things. Uh, it's something that Ryan said right out of the gate, was when he came back from the weekend, he recognized that Scripture came alive in every situation, specifically he talked about at school. But he was like, I started seeing scripture in my school situations. And for me, I thought scripture was just for Sunday mornings, and then you close the book, and then you leave the book, and then you come back to it. But the scripture comes alive in everyday situations, school situations. Uh, and then something that Hannah said as well that she's always emphasize even towards us that's been challenging us is that when stress comes or something happens with within her she stops and she's like I'm gonna pray <laughs> and for me I when I get stressed uh, I try to go handle that in a totally different way usually through chocolate uh, I think that's I, I I'll, I'll find some Instagram videos like oh yeah chocolate helps my brain calm down uh, so I'm gonna eat a bunch of chocolate uh, when really it's like in those moments, she's emphasized, say, wait a minute, when I'm stressed, when I'm worried, when I have this anxiety, I'm going to stop and I'm going to pray. And he brings that peace that comes from nowhere else, but only from him. And so it's, it's awesome to hear y'all say that. What's even cool. And I know I've gone over my time. So Allie and Ben, I am so sorry. Um, 
What's even cooler is that these are not isolated events, but there's actually been some ways that God has interacted with them as brother and sister. So if you could share a little bit about that as well. Well, um, I already kind of talked on how I, uh, going to church after the weekend, it was kind of a slower progression in my relationship with God. And I could kind of sense myself getting lazy at times or kind of feeling like not motivated to to pray or study scripture because I couldn't really see that progression at times. And um, it was really helpful seeing Hannah kind of keep that motivation and keep that fire to uh, to go to church and um, worship God a lot of times better than I could do myself. So uh, she kind of kept me motivated with her motivation. Um, one time I can like really remember that happening was over Christmas break and um, it was just after service and I was kind of just relaxing around the house and she just randomly came up to me and asked me if she wanted to do or if I wanted to do a Bible study with her and that completely caught me off guard and it kind of just I guess put our whole relationship with God as brother and sister um, into perspective and really showed how God, I, I could see God within my sister and how um, we could use each other to, to grow. Yeah, over Christmas break, I was trying to do a Bible study every day, and um, one day I sat down but then I, w- I heard this, like, voice in my head, and it was like, hey, you should ask your brother. So <laughs> I went over to his room and asked him, and we did a Bible study together. Um, and also during finals weekend, and Ryan was distracted by studying, when he was, <laughs> when he was studying, I wrote him little Bible verse notes, and I would put him, in, put them in his bedroom, <laughs> so he would find them. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing to, to hear that. That God, it, it's the cool thing about the way that was playing out was, you know, Ryan was like feeling some sort of uh, conviction, you know, over the Christmas break, and then she comes, <laughs> seemingly out of nowhere, hearing a voice from someone named God, uh, and, uh, and says, hey, do you want to start a Bible study? I mean, it was, it's amazing that God kind of, you know, hits us at the right time, and it's kind of joining them together as brother and sister, not only physically, but now even this spiritual brother and sister relationship is getting started, and so uh, it's amazing to see, and uh, thank you so much for sharing. Hey, if you could give them a round of applause, um, thank you all so much. Um, you can leave that right here. Perfect. Y'all, y'all are good. Y'all are good. Um, it's awesome to hear how God has worked, uh, in 2023 with the deals and, uh, how he's going to continue to work in them, but he's also going to continue to work, uh, in not only them, but so many other families in 2023. And we believe that's going to continue in 2024. Um, I want to leave us with this and then, uh, middle school is going to get dismissed right after this, uh, is, um, I don't know if you felt this, but when I first heard this story, I thought about my own kids And I was like, man, I want this for my kids. And sometimes I'm afraid. (laughs) I have a fear thing that sets in. It's like, I don't know if I'm going to lead them the right way or say the right thing or do the right thing or interact with them the right way. Like, how do I get them to love each other this way? Like, that's like my hope for their future. Uh, I want to just say a couple of things, especially if you already have high school kids that may be about to head out or middle school kids, even older, and you're feeling this tension. Um, something that Buddy would always say to us uh, as next generation leaders, uh, it comes from another proverb, uh, is that what you do is we, we plant seeds of trees so that the next generation could sit under its shade. And so for some of us, we're planting a lot of seeds, and I just feel this as just pastor right now. It's like some of us are planting a lot of seeds. We're like, where is this going, God? Like, I feel like I'm doing the right thing, but I'm not seeing it in my kids yet. Lord, help me, help me, help me. 
If that's you, I, I want to pray for you right now. And so if you could, everyone just go ahead and close your eyes. And if that's you, in your heart, you don't have to like stand or do anything crazy right now. God knows, you know. I just want to pray for you. Lord, we just pray for these parents. Maybe there's physical parents in the room, but maybe there also are spiritual uh, parents in the room who may be getting a sense of them discipling this next generation and not seeing breakthrough. But they've been so faithful. Lord, you see them. You draw near to them, and you know that those seeds that they are planting will not return void, but they will plant big, firm, strong trees so that many other people can sit under its shade, that these kids are getting things put in their heart that are are of you. And so, Lord, we thank you for the faithfulness of these parents, even though they haven't seen a return in 2023. Maybe they don't see a return in 2024. But, Lord, you are doing something that may be taking generations for it to play out. Would we hold on to that reality, that we're planting these seeds in faith, that you are transforming the next generation, whether they're our kids or whether they're kids we're discipling in our lives. We're planting those seeds knowing that you will produce that harvest that you are talking about, that you will see that through to completion. It is not our job to make those things plant, but we know in faith that if we plant those seeds, you will produce a harvest for this next generation. And so, Lord, we pray that you would draw near and that you would bring peace to the hearts of these parents that you would bring joy to the hearts of these parents, and that you would continue to speak to them, just like Ryan and Hannah said, that you would continue to speak to them in those ways, that the scripture would jump out of their mouth in different situations than just in the church building, whether they're eating dinner, putting their kid down for a nap, trying to get their kid to school. Lord, the scripture would jump out of their mouth and that they would see scripture come alive in everyday situations. And that when they get anxious and when they feel worried, when they don't know what to say or what to do or where to go or what to do with their kid next, would they stop and pray? Just like Hannah was saying. Would they stop and would they pray? Would they seek you in those moments? We ask, Holy Spirit, to pour out your grace upon these parents and that they would receive it, not beating themselves up or guilting themselves into anything, but they would receive your grace in 2024. I pray that over every parent in the room, again, physical or spiritual, that you would pour out your grace and your favor upon them and that they would receive that. Not the guilt from other people, but they would receive your grace. And that they would see that you love them just as they are right now. Not as who they feel like they ought to be, but who they are right now. We pray that you would pour out your love and grace upon them. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Middle school, you're dismissed at this time. And Allie is going to come up with the next section. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. I'm just like over here becoming like a puddle in my pew. And I'm like, I have to go up and talk now. And that's going to be interesting. I'm like weeping with Angie over here um, and Erica. But um, that was beautiful. Thank you all for sharing. I know it can be intimidating to share in front of people. So thank you all for sharing your story with us. So encouraging. Um, I'm just like, man, I need to start like doing that for my husband, like leaving him scripture. Uh, like I feel like encouraged for how to love um, those in my life better based on how they just shared, um, edifying each other. So that was just beautiful. Um, I get to share with you all this morning about neighborhood, um, the next section. And, um, we saw some incredible things happen in our Grace Marietta community this year. I'm here through our Grace family and how we love one another and also how we extend that love out into our surrounding community through our local to our local schools and just through organizations that we partner with. And I'm excited to get to share some victories that happened in our neighborhood with you all this morning. So the first one is that we gave $15,000 away through our benevolence program ministry this year. Um, um, through the incredible generosity of our church family here, we got to see how God worked through how 
um, through the way um, that you all were generous this year with your resources and partnering with God in the work that he wanted to do. We were able to help people with their rent. We were able to, um, I don't know if you all know this, but there's a temporary stay hotel right around the corner over here. Um, and we often have people come and say that they have nowhere to stay for the night. And so we're able to put them um, up for a week or two at a time in that temporary um, stay hotel. Um, and so that some of that $15,000 went toward that to helping people just have shelter. Um, help, we helped them with their groceries. We were able to help people um, receive counseling to help them with their mental health so that they can continue um, to work through the things that, that they have going on in their lives and car repairs, just just meeting their, their needs so that um, they can continue to do what they need to do. Um, we were also able to pay off the school lunch debt um, at East Cobb Middle School and at Wheeler High School so that kids can continue to have those meals at school every day. Um, and in, over the winter, we did a drive where we, um, that was actually hosted through our students and middle schoolers. So our students and middle schoolers primarily gave to this drive, but I know you all helped too, where we were able to give over 100 students in our community just basic hygiene items that they need just for their day-to-day -day life. Some of the students at our local middle school and high school don't just have like toothpaste, just the things that we all have every day um, that we're able to use. And so we were able to supply over 100 students with those things and also help supply them with some winter clothing that they needed. Um, we gave away over 30 coats and just some winter clothes. So thank you all for donating to that drive. We were able to do that. Um, the second thing is that this year we started four new kingdom communities. Yeah. Super awesome. So we now have 16 kingdom communities in total. And one of the coolest things that we've gotten to hear about these kingdom communities this past year is just how many prayers were answered. Um, I'm part of a group, our women's group refreshed. And um, one week we were just reflecting and um, we like regularly just talk about needs that people have for prayer, but also celebrations. And there was one week where everyone was celebrating something that we'd all been praying for, for each other for like the past few months. And I've heard that from a lot of different groups, just seeing so many prayers be answered. Um, because in these groups, everyone's walking um, together in community through some hard things, but we also get to celebrate some beautiful things with one another. So that's been really cool to hear those stories over this past year. Um, but we've also seen our kingdom communities living on mission in the neighborhoods. Um, just a couple examples, our um, table kingdom community, they helped host a night at Wheeler, one of their football games. They went out and Grace Marietta like took over the football game for the night. And the table group gave out free hot chocolate to everyone there. And they were able to share with all of these families about Grace Marietta. Grant like got to go on the football field and like talk about Grace Marietta in front of the whole school. Um, but the table gave out free hot chocolate to everyone there and just got to have fun and interact with those families. And then our um, Compassion Kingdom community, they volunteered 500 hours with a local organization called Simple Needs Georgia. Yay! Yeah, we see some people clapping who are part of that. Um, and then um, they also um, empowered the rest of our kingdom communities, and together they packed 300 sack lunches for the Table on Delk, which is another organization that we partner with to provide lunches for families in need, because a lot of these kids, they get meals when they're in school, but then over the summer, if they don't get that lunch, then they often don't eat. So we partner with this um, organization called the Table on Delk to give them that meal every day while they're not in school. Um, so the third thing is, I know there's lots of little things in here. I'm sneaking a bunch of things in. Um, but we, um, we were able to walk alongside and serve the unhoused in our community. Um, I know many of you in this room are feeling this weight of how much the, the housing market has changed over this past year. Maybe you were going to buy a house and you're like, not anymore. Um, or, you know, just even trying to change apartments is insanity because rent is so high. And what we have seen in our community over this past year is just this increase of just hardship um, for the unhoused and just this crisis um, for housing. And so this year, um, through Aiden, our um, resident, he created this, this way for us to, if an unhoused person shows up at the building, there's this whole process that he developed where we get to walk with them and come alongside them and resource them. And we've been able to do that with several individuals this year where we're helping them create healthy rhythms that can sustain them, where we're, we're help showing them how they can get transportation to work or 
um, just walking with them while they're dealing with the hardship of being unhoused. But with that comes a lot of other things. Um, and so we've developed some systems for that. We're also partnering with some local organizations and other churches and meeting with them to say, how do we tackle the housing crisis in this community? Um, and then this year, we're also excited. Um, Jeff teased this at the end of last year, but we're going to be working with this organization this year called Family Promise. And we're going to um, provide some like we're going to take a couple weeks this year and allow people to stay in our building so that they'll get housing for two weeks and they move around and rotate different churches. There'll be more details about that soon that Jeff will share with everyone and, and you'll learn how you can get involved as well. But we're trying to just continue to take steps to help with that because we know it's one of the biggest issues um, that people are dealing with in our community. And then finally, um, as a church, we were able to host some really impactful outreach events this year. They were really fun. Um, we were, had our Juneteenth cookout where we got to continue walking out just um, our, our really strong belief just in equipping people to walk and e walk out equality, to walk out justice, and just celebrating diversity in our community. And a lot of people from our church came out to that, but then we also had some people just in the park who were there who were like, came and hang out, hung out with us, but also some people in the community who showed up for that. And then we also um, saw about 400 people from our community come to our trunk or treat this year, um, which was really, really fun. We got to see them, hang out with them. And then we also hosted our first Thanksgiving feast out at the park. Last fall, we had an outdoor service. And then afterwards, we had a Thanksgiving feast. And it was a beautiful picture of just everything that the Lord's been doing in our community. Um, a couple of the unhoused individuals we've been walking with came to that. And so it was just this beautiful picture of how the Lord is just has been moving in our neighborhood this year um, within our church family, but also outside the walls of the church. Um, and so with that, um, we have another story that we want you all to hear this morning just about what it looks like when you can go out and just love on your neighbors and show them the love of Christ. So I want to invite up Keely and Clark Hardaway. Good morning. Hi, guys. And um, I've, I feel like awkward being so much taller than y'all. Um, but um, I wanted Keely and Clark to come and share some of their story and how they've been loving on their neighbors this year. So I just have a couple of questions for them. Um, the first one is just, Keely, can you share um, just the, some of your story of how you've been just loving others in your neighborhood this year? I'll do my best to keep it, you know, concise. Um, but about two years ago, we were in this area just in town visiting family, and we knew we were going to be moving here for Clark's job, and we drove by this cute little house like three minutes from here that was for rent, and we just had this sense that that was the place God had for us, and so we signed a lease, and we moved in, um, and... It, we received a little bit of an interesting welcome. Um, our neighbors weren't like overtly unfriendly, but I think a lot of the people who live in, on our street and in our area have been there for like a decade or more and just kind of prefer to keep to themselves. Um, and so it was kind of hard actually to connect with people when we first moved in. It wasn't quite what we were expecting, but um, it's this little house and we've got two kids with a lot of energy and a really big front yard. So we spend a lot of time outside. And just by virtue of being out in the street riding bikes and doing sidewalk chalk and things like that, we were able to connect with people as they were leaving for work or coming back or going for walks. And over time, we were able to kind of start building some individual relationships with some of the people who live around us. Um, and I floated the idea, not this Christmas, but like a year ago, to a few of them that maybe we would like throw a block party for Christmas and have everybody over and do something special. And they laughed at me and said, oh, the people who lived in your house before you tried to have everybody over for a meal and no one showed up. So don't bother. So we didn't. Um, that was pretty discouraging. Um, and uh, it kind of continued on like that, where we were just sort of connecting with people one-on-one -on -one, um, for the next few months. Uh, but then everything changed one day. Um, last spring, one afternoon, a child who lived on our street just came bursting through our front door. Um, something really horrific was happening in their house. And she had run for help. And sorry, I get cheered up so about it. So, um, I've already yeah. Cried all morning, so. <laughs> I know, Ryan and Hannah already had me weeping. Um, yeah, so she had um, run out of the house. And because of the relationship that we'd built with their family, she ran to us. And so we were able to make the calls that were needed to be made and um, get the services involved that needed to be involved and help take care of her. And um, Clark really was kind of thrust into this role of kind of being the hub of communication for law enforcement and for their extended family and for people, as neighbors were hearing what was happening, they were coming to our house and giving him their phone numbers and saying, how can we help? What can we do? 
And so Clark started organizing things like meals being dropped off and hospital visitation and um, lawn care and really whatever they needed. Um, and it, it was an ongoing situation for quite some time that we were involved in. And so what happened was really devastating, um, but also we saw this significant transformation in our neighbors' attitudes towards us and towards each other. And we went from just connecting with people, like as we saw them every couple weeks, to being in like a daily group text thread with all of our neighbors. Um, and over months that that continued, it really transformed, I think, the whole feeling of our street and the relationships we had with them. Um, and there's this one moment that really stands out for me where a couple months ago, a new family moved in right across from us. And I went over to greet them and several other neighbors came out of their houses and walked over to greet them, which even that felt like a big, <laughs> felt like a big thing. Um, and one of our neighbors said to them, you are gonna love living here. Our street has the best community in the neighborhood, which they've lived there for 40 years. And this is the first year that that's been true. Um, and that just felt really, <laughs> um, so that just felt really significant. Um, and so we did throw a Christmas party this year. And our house was full of people. Um, yeah. We were trying to, like, kick people out at the end of the night. Some parents left and left their teenagers with us. And we're like, okay, guys, like, go home. <laughs> um, but it was just, it, like, I think it really proved that hospitality makes holy ground. You know, like, people were giving each other these long hugs and offering to help each other with different things. And it just, um, yeah, it really felt like a real community. And it was really beautiful to see, even as hard as it's been. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, I know that you all have walked through a really hard year for you and your family, too, while loving on these people and giving a lot of yourself um, to them. And so thank you for even sharing that this morning with everyone. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a question in that I didn't oh, send no. you ahead okay. of time. Um, you said that, that this, this sweet girl who came into your home felt like she could because of just she knew that you all would be there for her. I think sometimes for all of us, speaking for myself included, it can be intimidating. Like, how do I even start showing my neighbors that I'm like a safe, loving person who will be there for them if, if a crisis happens? Like, can you share just maybe some like little things that you all did to just like, this is the first like awkward wave or awkward step that I took to start showing my neighbors some love? Yeah, I mean, I think we were just willing to be awkward was a lot of it, right? Like, as people were pulling into their driveways, we're, like, sprinting down the street to be like, hey! Like, um, and we took the first step as much as we could. You know, we'd ask people if they wanted to, like, go to dinner with us or, like, hey, do you want to go for a walk with me around the neighborhood? And um, a lot of times they said no, but just as we saw people, we tried to just keep asking because um, I think, you know, that's something we both have felt really strongly about. I remember back when we were in college, I had this vision that we were going to go overseas and be missionaries, and Clark had this vision that we were going to live, like, in a suburban area and have like a little white picket fence and just be really good neighbors. And I was like, is that ministry? Um, but it is. And he's always felt really strongly about that and just connecting with our neighbors wherever we go. And so, um, yeah, just lots of little awkward moments that eventually led to like people walking over to see us when we were out. And it kind of started to like, we saw the tide turn a little bit as time went on. I think it's really cool kind of like what Ben was talking about. You just, you sow into things and you never know what's going to happen and that the Lord is doing this work where he's like, you might not feel it right now, but I'm preparing a way that when someone really needs me and needs to see my love, like you all will be there for them. And mm -hmm. so that's really encouraging to hear because I think sometimes for all of us, we can be like, what are we doing? Like we just keep having these like awkward interactions and like, is anything happening? Is the Lord at work? And he always surprises us with everything that he's doing. Um, so I just want to hear from you all, like, even more of that, like, how in all of this, in, in the hard year that you went through, but the incredible year that you went through, seeing the Lord's breakthrough, like, how did you see God moving? How did you see his provision in your yeah, lives? Absolutely. I mean, in all of it. Clark and I were trying, talking about it last night, trying to narrow down, like, how do we even, it, I mean, we see God in all of it. I think part initially just with the fact that we felt so led by God to rent that house and to be on that street. He knew exactly what was going to happen, you know, in the next year of us living there. Um, and also, I think just like Clark's conviction that he's always had to just be good neighbors, that what Jesus calls us to, to serve the people around us. Um, and so I think we had, I feel like God placed us there. We have felt like we had that charge from him. But then also, like you said, it was really hard. Um, and it, uh, what happened was especially traumatic for our kids and some of the things that they were exposed to. And I think it's hard when you feel called by God to serve and then it comes at a cost to your family. Um, and so I think one of the things that we're very thankful for is that in being led to our house, which I said is just around the corner from here, 
we feel like God also really led us just by proximity. We drove by Grace. We saw the church, looked it up on Google Maps. We're like, they don't look crazy. Um, and so we showed up on Easter Sunday. Um, but we really feel like God led us here too. And I think that God knew that in order for us to serve there, we were going to need to be like invest, involved here. Um, because we've just experienced, even in where it's been hard and where it's come at a cost, we've experienced so much of God's provision and care for us, even more than what we needed. And so much of it's come through Grace you know, like our kingdom community has been so encouraging to us. Um, and we've had so many people in the congregation just come up and pray with us or people on the prayer team and not on the prayer team. People who've said, God put it on my heart to pray for you and they didn't even know it was happening. People have written us encouraging letters. Um, we've had these moments where, you know, we've just seen people really love on our kids. Grace helped facilitate our kids getting um, the trauma counseling that they needed in the aftermath of everything. And, um, you know, there were weeks where I, we really felt exhausted and kind of like, is this worth it? We kind of want to withdraw. We don't want to be as available to these like requests and these needs. And then we'd show up here on a Sunday and I'd ball my eyes out. And then the message would be something like the Kansas City Underground Connection. There's been so many times where the message here has made us real, recognize that like God placed us on our street for a purpose. It matters that we're there and we can keep going a little longer. Like we can keep doing it. And I just feel like he's kept giving us the provision and care we've needed for each step to feel like we don't know what's going to happen, but we know that his provision and care will be there to meet us. And so much of it this year has come through our church, and we're just really grateful for that. Thank you all so much for sharing. Um, I know you had to be really vulnerable to share this story, so I just thank you all because um, it's an encouragement to all of us as we're trying to just love well um, and love our neighbor and love one another. And so I just really appreciate you all sharing. Um, I also, like Benton, want to close in prayer. I want to ask if you're a kingdom community leader, will you stand for us, yeah? Come on, guys, don't be shy, yeah. Um, yay! Um, but also, if, um, just, I would love for, um, oh, you all can keep staying, because we're gonna pray. I want everyone to kind of stand up and like lay hands on a kingdom community leader around you, but also just receive, because we're all called to this work, um, like Clark and Keeley here, just loving on their neighbors, having the awkward interaction. So go ahead, stand up. If you have a kingdom community leader, leader near you, just lay a hand on them, but also just receive as I just pray over us as we're trying to love our neighbors well. Um, Father, thank you for just this hard but beautiful work that you've called all of us to, that um, you've called us just to pick up our cross and follow you. And that can be, it can be really challenging and really difficult, but you redeem all things. And we're just so thankful for the way that you do that, Lord. Um, and I just want to pray over our kingdom community leaders and the way that they create a space for community and discipleship and mission to happen. Um, they create spaces for our community to be loved, but also for um, our neighborhood to receive that love as well. Um, and I just want to pray for every single person in this room, Lord, as you're opening their heart to those around them, those in their neighborhood, those in their workplace, those in their family, Lord, that you would just provide those awkward but holy opportunities um, for the Holy Spirit to move and convict us so that we can love others well, because we don't always know what you're doing under the surface, but we know that it is going to be beautiful and that you are going to create restoration and redemption through how we um, are willing to sacrifice for you, Father. And so I just thank you for all of the stories that are going to come out of 2024 of just how our neighborhood has been blessed by the work that you're going to do through every person in this room. Amen. And now Ben is going to come up for um, Nations. It's happening. The Project Bionic Ankle is about to take place. I'm going to be so fast. You guys, I'm going to be running a four-flat 40-dash. I'm going to, the wide receivers, the D1 guys, they're going to be so slow once I get this thing off. Uh, my wife is just wishing I would, could carry a box to the attic for Christmas right now. Uh, I, I love this day, and, and one of the reasons I love this day is just history. So for me, it's been seven years of Victory Sundays, which means seven years of celebrating answered prayers, celebrating God-sized stories, celebrating uh, what started seven years ago as tiny little things. I mean, the dollar figures that we shared seven years ago were like, we gave $12 to some guy. Uh, like, we had nothing at the very beginning. And to see how God has worked and grown and multiplied what we're doing, it's so exciting. 
Uh, I, I, thanks for sharing, guys, Ryan and, and Hardaways. And, and I, I, I do want to say, if, if any of you have something stirring like the Hardaways do in your neighborhood or in your workplace or with a group of people that you hang out with or spend time with, we want to come alongside of you and equip you to help make that happen, uh, which means we want to resource you financially. It means that we want to do any tr- kind of training we can do to help. Our, our vision is not what happens in here. That's what we've made clear from the very beginning. Our vision is what happens outside the walls of the church. And so anything that we can do to equip you to serve your workplace, to serve your neighbors, to start a ministry, uh, all of those kinds of things, that's our vision. And those are our values is we want to awaken each other to live kingdom dreams in a world that's fast asleep. And so over the next, uh, I think, five weeks, uh, we're going to start a new series where we're going to be talking through our values and vision. Uh, We're going to talk through who we are as a church, who we want to become, and and what are the core values that we build who we are on. And so I'm really excited to dive into that. I can move around now, as you guys see, so I'm going to be back up here going, walking my carpet uh, from side to side, and I'm really excited about what's happening there. Uh, I want to share a little bit about the work that we do in the nations, and scripture tells us when Jesus told us where to go, he said, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And we really believe that that's the strategy of God's people, is that you start in your hometown, you start in your neighborhood, you start at the high school or the middle school or the place that's close to you, and then you expand and go beyond Uh, to other places. And for Grace, we have a real passion to catalyze Jesus' movements in the Muslim world. And so our passion is the Muslim world. Uh, It's interesting when you think about just strategy for churches, like any church at any place can give to a million different things, and all of them are good, and all of them are wonderful. And so there's this discernment process of just asking Jesus, where, where can we make the greatest impact? Where can our dollars, our ministry, our training, where can we send that where it's going to create the most fruit? One one of the best biblical principles I know in both church work and in your individual life is to follow the fruit, right? If, If you're seeing kingdom fruit in something that you're doing, in your relationship with your neighbors, in ministry with teenagers, in a certain area, Follow that fruit, right? Stay where the fruit is and keep following that. And so for us, we've had a passion uh, which really came out of some circumstances that happened on 9-11 with our founding pastor, Buddy Hoffman. And so Buddy was asked to go to Ground Zero. uh, And at that time, I, I don't know how many of you remember really clearly, there was a lot of anger and frustration and war and revenge and uh, attack, like all of these kinds of things. And, and Buddy, who was called to uh, ground zero at 9-11, just kind of had this moment with God where the Lord said to him, the Muslim world is a prize. This is the people that I love. These are real people who I care about. And we need to minister to them. And so from that moment on, Grace has engaged, uh, sometimes successfully, sometimes unsuccessfully, in trying to figure out how do we best care for, love, and serve the nations, but particularly how do we best love and care for, bless, and serve the Muslim world. Uh, We created a ministry called JAQ, which is Jesus in the Quran, which is absolutely brilliant. And uh, throughout this year, there'll be a number of opportunities for you to engage in a JAQ day, a training. And I know that when you hear that, you're like, why do I, I don't, I don't know that I need to know about the Quran. I don't know that I have these conversations. I'm not flying to the Muslim world this year. I don't know why I should do this. Uh, I just want to encourage you. It's a really brilliant day, and it's an amazing day to learn about another culture, to learn about other people. And here's the thing that we've learned the most, and I'm going to try and be really brief with my section here. But here's the thing that we've learned the most is rather than going to people who disagree with you about things and telling them how wrong they are, the best thing that we can do is find common ground. What are the things that we do agree on? Where is the common ground that we can find? And so, unsurprisingly, Jesus is all over the Quran. And so we don't start the conversation by saying, here's the five things you're doing wrong. We start the conversation by saying, can we tell you about the Jesus that's in your book? 
Can we tell you about what we know of him? And you start this kind of common ground discussion. It's really, really beautiful. If you are able to go to the Grace Summit this year, I know Benton talked about it in the announcements, a huge portion of that morning is going to be dedicated to our work in the nations and our work in the Muslim world. And so if you're interested in this or curious about this, we would love to have you join us that day and engage in some of that work and learn a little bit more about the work that we're doing in the nations. I know Snellville feels like it's a 14-hour drive. It's really about 45 minutes unless it's 7 a.m. Um, nations. Here's some of the really fun things that have happened uh, with the nations. And I, I've really enjoyed the like graduation clapping. Uh, it's been very, it's on brand for our awkwardness for our church. It's, it's good. Uh, the first is we've been able to support nine global partners doing ministry in the Muslim world. Um, yeah, there you go. There you go. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, we were able to give over $22,000 this year to support these missions partners. Um, we were able to give $16,000 for Gaza relief uh, as Grace Marietta. So just as the Gaza tragedy has started to happen, uh, just here at Grace, we were able to give $16,000. But as the Grace family at whole, as a whole, we were able to give over $90,000 uh, to provide food uh, and to care for... Um, care for some folks in, in Gaza right now. Uh, we also added two new global partners this year, one from Greece uh, and one from Southeast Asia. And so our ministry is growing. Uh, and a lot of these, what's, what's hard about this kind of discussion is a lot of these missionaries, we can't like, I don't know if you guys grew up in like the old school church where like all your missionaries pictures were on the back and there was a map and it like told who, who they were and told their story and all those kinds of things. We can't do any of that because all of these people are putting their lives on the line where they serve and they cannot be known that they're missionaries in that place because they're living in a really high risk place to serve Jesus. And so I want to just honor that in the people that we serve. But I also want to give you guys a little bit of context for what we're doing. So I've asked Cody Kemp to come and Cody is on our missions team. Give it up for Cody. He's amazing. And Cody... Cody, we got to go fast, buddy. We got, we, we, we're, we got, we got one minute and 30 seconds. Um, yeah. uh, Cody and his wife, Olivia, are amazing uh, at engaging both here locally in the neighborhood, but also they've joined our missions team this year and are helping make decisions about who we partner with, praying for them, sending care packages to them, taking care of them, connecting with them. Um, what, tell us, Cody, like, what's been something that's just really excited you about the work that we're doing in the nations? Yeah, sure. So, um, well, yeah, I'll go faster than I know. I'm standing between you guys. You don't lunch. really have to. We, we can go so, longer than 50 seconds. That's okay. That's okay. But if I look out, this is like where friends become enemies when I keep you from lunch. So, um, <laughs> there's, there's... I feel that every week. Yeah. Uh, so, there's... Um, perfect. There's two things. Um, one, you, you really spoke on it, but um, the focus, I think, is really, really important. The fact that we, um, with the other Grace churches, we focus on the Muslim community in what's called the 1040 window, which is like um, North Africa, um, the Middle East, and over to, to Asia. But this focus on the, the Muslim community really allows us to, um, to support better because we're able to go kind of deep instead of just wide because we get so many requests and they're good requests. Yeah. But the, this focus is really important. Um, and then the second thing that I think really excites me is I've seen Grace do a really good job of prioritizing the relationship over the, over the results. And I've, I've been on missions committees in the past where it can be really... Um, it can be tempting to want to quantify and have metrics and results and goals and um, and and all and, and track a bunch of stuff. And where we where we do a really good job is looking at the long term approach and just focusing on supporting our global partners. The relationship comes first, and then they focus on the relationships in their communities, and then the results come from that. And really, the results are God. The results are up to God. They're not up to us. Yes. Uh, and that's been really encouraging to see. That's huge. That's such a good, important part of who we are at Grace is, is there are places where you serve where 
it's just tougher soil, right? It's just more difficult to get results. And, and I think sometimes we celebrate the wrong things, right? I think sometimes we celebrate big numbers, big results, huge things, when what we oftentimes should be celebrating is like obscure faithfulness, right? Faithfulness in tough situations and in hard spots. And so I love that. Tell us a, like a specific story from one of our partners. I know we can't give a lot of names and those yeah. kinds of things, but like tell us a story that you just have heard of a ministry that's happening on the ground that's so exciting. Yeah. Um, well, I have, I have 12. Um, <laughs> so uh, no, one, one specific, we, we have a, a family that we partner with that's um, in the Middle East and they've been working with uh, these brothers, these adult brothers that uh, a, a little over a year ago decided to turn their lives over to Christ, and they made the difficult decision to tell their family. And when they told their family, their dad's reaction when they told them uh, was, um, I wish that you had never been born. Um, and so it was, it was incredibly difficult to hear. It was a really difficult decision to just tell their family. Um, but with the the, with the conflict right now that's going on, the family's been really impacted. The father's been out of work. There, there really is no work. And he's been, um, he's, they have this, this beautiful garden in their, in their yard. He's been working in the garden a lot. And in this time, he's been leaning a lot into his family and specifically into his two sons. And he's been rebuilding the relationship that, that was to a degree broken. Um, and he's been really just um, influenced and um, impacted by their faith because he's he's exposed to it, that he wouldn't be exposed to it. So I know we hear a lot of negativity coming out of the Middle East right now, but there is reconciliation happening yeah. and there is like beautiful moments and stories happening right now. Yeah, there's so many amazing God stories that are coming out of the Middle East right now and and moment like crazy God things that I, we get to hear some of the stories that are happening. So thanks, Cody, for your guys' work. Thanks for the missions team. Can, can I, is, are there other, I know the Schaefer's are here. Anybody else that's on the missions team want to just raise your hand? You don't have to stand up. Yeah, we got a few here. Oh, the Ospies. Yeah, there we go. We got, you guys are being so shy. Uh, we appreciate the work that you guys do and the way that you care for, for our church. Thanks, buddy. Um, I, I, we're going to wrap up and, and we're going to move into kind of a time of communion and, and just kind of sing a song to, to kind of close the day out. And if you're a visitor today, uh, I, this is not how it operates every week. We don't just tell stories of fun things that have happened. Uh, oh, we really do this because uh, I want this to be an act of worship for us every year. Uh, uh, they, it's easy to be cynical, everybody, right? Just Go anywhere on the internet and read the comments, right? It's easy to be cynical in our world. It's easy to live without hope. It's easy to look at the church and throw stones at what the church is doing. Uh, it, it's easy to criticize. It's easy to sit on the sideline. Uh, hope is hard. Uh, and, and, and we want to encourage everybody um, would you this week with your family, whether this is just you and your spouse or you and your spouse and your kids, Sit down and create a victory for 2023 for your family. What are some of the ways that God moved? What are some of the things that you prayed for that he answered? What are some of the ways that you saw breakthrough in really cool ways? And could you just have a dinner discussion about that? Uh, could you just stop for a moment and just say, Lord, just thank you. Like, I'm further along than where I was at the beginning of the year. Or I didn't think this prayer would ever be answered, and it was. Or I, I didn't know that how this situation would turn out, and you were working for my good all along. And I've been a part of witnessing that. Uh, scripture teaches us that, that we are saved by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so this is a day for us to say, these are testimonies, these are stories. And what's interesting about this is, as I know we've gone long already, but we probably could have called up anybody in the entire church and asked them questions. And you would have heard all the stories of God's faithfulness, of God's goodness, of the ways that this church moves beyond the walls and into the community and cares and blesses and serves and, and the ways in which Jesus has been faithful. And so we want to have those moments to just say, Jesus, you're good, and you're faithful, and you keep your promises. And even when I didn't see that you're working, I know that you were moving, 
and I've witnessed your faithfulness, and because I've seen your faithfulness, my faith grows a little bit. Uh, and then for those of you who are in the room who are like, 23, 2023 was terrible. God didn't answer any prayers. It was awful. It was hard. It was challenging. It was difficult. I, I know that there are some of you in that room, and I just want your faith to grow, to know that we've all been through those seasons where we can't see what God's doing in the moment, but years later, months later, weeks later, we begin to see his love and his grace and his story unfold for all of us. And so I want you to know that he is faithful and that he is good. I, if there's anything that you've ever heard from me as your pastor, I want you to hear this. God is better than you believe he is. He's better than you could imagine. And a relationship with him and a life with him is good. And so I'm gonna pray. We're gonna open up time to just go to communion stations just to thank him. Communion is just a memory. It's a faithfulness. You were faithful on the cross. You gave up your body. You gave up your blood for me. And I'm grateful for that. And so that's why we celebrate it every week. Uh, maybe you just sit with your spouse or family and just share some stories already of victories that you've seen this year. But let me pray for us. Father, we just thank you that you're faithful. We just thank you that you're good. We thank you that you're working. And we thank you that if you're working in in us corporately then you can work in us individually so i pray for the family who's feeling like we don't have a lot of victories this year this was a hard year this was a challenging year i pray for victory in 2024 i pray a year from now they're the ones who are celebrating the stories of your faithfulness and your goodness and your graciousness and for those of us who are celebrating this year and are thanking you for the progress that you've made and the breakthroughs that you've given us we just want to say we love you we just want to say we're thankful for you. We just want to say that we recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from you, our Father, and we love you for it. And you are worthy of our worship and you are worthy of our praise. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the work that you've done in our church. Thank you for the work you've done in our individual lives. And Jesus, we ask for more. We ask for more stories of breakthrough. We ask for more baptisms and salvations. We ask for more teenagers telling stories of your breakthrough. We ask for more neighborhoods that are changed. We ask for more dollars to give to the Muslim world. We ask for more breakthrough in every area, trusting that you are good, that you're working, that you're moving, and that you have it all in your hands. So we trust you, we love you, and we thank you. And in Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. You guys can take communion and we'll close together in song.